Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and I'm so excited. Today, my returning guest is Kirsten Warren. She's an actress, but she also just came out with a book called I Wish I Were an Ocelot, Adventures of an Essential Kitten, featuring Ripley Carew, her absolutely adorable kitten. Oh my God, it's going to be so much fun. I got the book. It's so sweet. It's for kids. It's wonderful. We're going to talk about that and whatever else is on our minds. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener funded and woman run. Visit patreon.com slash start me up to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com dot com slash start me up now please enjoy my conversation with kirsten warren welcome back to the show kirsten hi thank you so much for having me well i'm excited of course i'm excited because it's you and then i'm excited because it's your book and i like oh my god oh my god oh my god it's so awesome but before we get into talking about your book i just i mean you and i have had a little back and forth before we started the show but for the show purposes how are you (laughs) i'm doing well thanks i'm so fine i'm so fine and i'm delighted to be here with you i mean we chat enough yeah you know here and there and on site but it's it's fun to do the show and I, I just so appreciate you letting me come on to to talk about Ripley's book. <laughs> yes, Rip, it's Ripley Carew. Am I saying that correctly? Ripley yeah. Carew Kikaida Komanich. Yes, you are. That's it. <laughs> I'll just I'm gonna stick with Ripley because that's Rippy. the easy that's the easy. She easiest. gets called everything. Rippy, Ripley. Yeah. Um, Scarlett calls her Gibby. I don't know why. <laughs> She's like all forms of Ripley, but yes. And then and we have to mention the other one. <laughs> yes, we do. He's meowing right now because oh. he wants to go out. Hi, did you know it's your girlfriend? <laughs> did you? Handsome pants? Oh, <laughs> he knew it's you. Oh, no. What, what is, oh my, God. oh my God. Hello. He is so cute. I love him and his face and his yeah. eyes. He's got the most beautiful eyes. eyes. It's those, it's that Disney prince, yeah. you know, charming look about him. But, you know, he just does not like his picture taken. And when I take it, he looks very stricken. Like, <laughs> He, like you can feel his little heart like oh my when you point the camera I just hate Aww. doing that to him whereas Ripley of course she <laughs> is like, like the Naomi Campbell <laughs> like, if you survived the photo shoot but she ain't scared of you you know and she was okay wait a minute well, let me go back to the boy uh I know I mean he he was Anderson Cooper Kitty but th- what do you call him Anderson King Cooper was Kitten what I Cooper. came up with. Okay. I wanted Kablooey. Okay. It started out that I wanted Kablooey and Scarlett and Kirk so roundly like hated it and were like, no, you're not naming him that. And they started calling him Booby, which <laughs> I hate. Like, I actively hate that for this beautiful baby boy. So I just wouldn't do it. So I would call him, but I do kind of admit that it's hard to call him either Anderson or yeah. Cooper or Coopy. Mm-hmm. So I end up mostly calling him Handsome Pants or <laughs> Baby Boy. But the poor thing has no idea what his name is. Oh, he's so like, cute. It's Booby Scarlet's yelling from the other end. Of the <laughs> and you know it's what? Booby. The thing about him is literally you can his energy comes through in photographs and he just looks like the sweetest most loving 
oh my god he is so and then and you decided you decided and he smells it too like i i i don't want to overshare but Uh he comes and sits literally on my chest with his tail end in your face (laughs) his bottom i was telling kirk smells like heaven and honey like he's just i don't know what it is about this cat but he's like a spirit and every energy about him is just so sweet well and you okayed him on a podcast on with me. <laughs> this show I was doing a podcast with Kimberly everybody and I get a text in the middle of a podcast like Kirk tends to do even though you go okay I'm gonna be busy for the next hour so try not to text me 14 times <laughs> he, he sends me a picture of that baby with just two words yes or no <laughs> and I said yes yeah. on the podcast so right. I think that's the connection between you and him. and then yes. you guys have a mad love connection oh my god I love him and one day I'll meet him oh my god and I can't I can't wait to meet Ripley but let's now let's talk about that I want to talk about your book because Ms. you Ripley. get this cat and she's amazing and I mean is it do you pronounce it Bengal Bengal a Bengal. Bengal. She's a okay. Bengal. Bengal. I say Bengal. Who knows? It might be Bengal. I don't care. Bengal. Bengal. Yes. And yes. you got her. When did you get her? Okay. At the top of the pandemic, when schools were closed down, and we had to explain to Scarlett, our then 10th grader, mm-hmm. that she wasn't going to go to school, and she was not going to go to any parties, and she was not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything had shut down. That went over like like a pregnant pole vaulter you know just did not did not she wasn't she wasn't having it and she was just really sad Mm -hmm. and we were sad for her it was such a shock um and she was in our bed and was watching cartoons and literally just having a bad night about it and we were we were all sad and she finally fell asleep in our bed after we explained the whole thing and kirk walked out of her room and he said we need a family project. <laughs> we need to do something. So I said a kitten. So we set off on, um, and but because we have this really tricky rescue dog, Dutchie, mm-hmm. who is aggressive, and it got him into a peck of trouble recently. Yeah. He ran up too fast on two huskies. <sighs> he wants to play, but yeah. he's just aggressive. You know, yeah. he just yeah. ran up super fast and got attacked Aww. because he comes from a dog fighting family. Aww. So we needed a kitten who had really tough energy Mm -hmm. so she wouldn't get scared and swipe at him and scratch his nose and then he would attack her. You Mm -hmm. know, we needed someone who would not be scared. Mm -hmm. I say someone, a cat, you know? (laughs) And so we went looking for Bengal rescues, no rescues open at all Hmm. during the pandemic. The top of the pandemic, you couldn't get a kitten. Every rescue just was like, we don't have kittens now. People weren't coming in, people weren't going out. Hmm. They weren't conducting business. And we needed to do this. So we found this, Kirk found her, and we took off um, to go get our kitten and brought back Ripley Carew. And it it was like a love connection from day one. Yeah. It's so cute. You know, <laughs> she she took to Scarlet and she, she was a big cat energy though, mm-hmm. because she's a Bengal. She really liked her solitude. Mm-hmm. She had a nursery set up in the guest bathroom and we put you know all manner of caves you know cushions and pillows where she could climb around she liked it in there you'd put her in there at eight at night and she would just be in there all night wow and sleep and and kirk would be like i'm afraid she's not gonna 
want to be around us. But she was thrilled. And I would come in in the early, early morning and lay down with her. And she would purr and come after me. And it just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It's just so sweet. They're so little. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what must they think? Mm -hmm. Besides, where's my mom? You know? (laughs) But she just, that's how she came to live with us. Now, so Bengal cats are known for being a little bit more, um, what's the word, that they could put up with somebody like Dutchie? Let's say, yeah. Yeah. That big dick energy. <laughs> so Ripley's just, got the big dick they're energy. They're not scared of anything. Hmm. They're not scared, I think, is the number one thing. I can pull out the vacuum cleaner and all my animals, dogs and the yeah. and, and little Anderson kitten, Cooper, handsome pants, <laughs> booby, will, will run. Ripley comes and takes it on. You know, head on. She's not afraid of of anything. There's a Rottweiler next door, and it's a puppy, but he's enormous. You know, he's like a mountain compared to her. She's always trying to climb the ivy over the fence to get to him. (laughs) We just have to, you know, she just has no fear. She's very much a David, you know, to the world's Goliath. She don't care. She'll go right up to it. And when, when did the book idea come about? Well, the, the book happened in layers. Mm-hmm. Um, the little text, the little poem was something initially written for Scarlett for her class. Was it in like the third or the fourth grade? Mm-hmm. You know, you were supposed to just share and I just wrote it for them. I just thought it was sweet. And the dedication has lines from my older daughter's speech at graduation hmm. at Marlboro when she graduated she was student body president so she got to give a speech and you know it was just a very touching speech there's a line from that the the voice who reads the book is my granddaughter hmm. Helena in London so there was just kind of this circle of you know a little bits and pieces that it's been there forever and I just said I want to do it almost as you know, an apology to the world's children, which I have felt coming on since 9-11. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> for all this. And uh, the more studying that I did on poetry and children was that how much it really does soothe. Hmm. And, you know, it's fascinating. If you do an MRI of the brain while reading poetry children, it, it, it lights up a certain part of your brain that shows reward and and that's just fascinating it soothes and it heals and since then you know we initially wanted to make it a sensory book but i didn't have the time or Mm -hmm. money to develop it but we're getting response back from people who've had traumatic brain injuries saying how much they love the book and that it helps and that their father with dementia loved the book so we were definitely there's definitely something there mm-hmm, you know about mm-hmm. the prose and the nice clickety clack of the rhymes and the heavily syncopated you know wow. thing of it it's fun it's fun and like candy for mm-hmm. your brain but it's also good for you so i think that it just kind of worked and then it clicked so you've got Ripley and you've got all these you've got all these people in your life and you've got all these experiences. But when did you say, like, I want to make this a book now? Did you decide to make this a book and then you looked out, you looked for publishers or did they come looking for you first? How did that happen? Well, A little bit. I mean, I have talked to certain agents and publishers about writing um, a deconstructed love letter to my life, which is basically how I write. Mm-hmm. You know, I write and I'm sure. Oh, she's on her wheel. That's what you can hear in the background. <laughs> um, 
and so that was the first thing I was going to write, stories about my life and, and what I did. And then these pictures of Ripley just started to take on a life of their own, just sharing them on Twitter yeah. and Instagram and it, nothing else. It's just kind of like give the people what they want, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll write a, a good book, a real book that tells real stories <laughs> one day, but... You know, Mozart wrote the magic flute for the people, and it feels kind of like that. Like, I gave him a bunch of kitty pictures because it (laughs) soothes, and it's fun, and it's diversion. It's Shirley Temple during the Depression era. We just need a break. And And, so that's that's where that was when I, in the middle probably of the pandemic. Wow. After I was posting and posting and posting her, I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book. Um I wasn't sure who quite the dem- demographic would be if it would stay focused on young children. But since we were starting with kitten pictures, mm-hmm. this one is particularly young mm-hmm. in its, you know, in its focus of who who would be reading this. But as she aged and the pictures age, so too will the prose and the text and the story and the themes. And then the pictures that you take of her, they they are little they're remarkable because she has such expression and she's able, I mean, of course, you know, coupled with your brain and your ability to put words together in such a interesting and unique way. I think that's another reason why everybody took so much. I mean, we all love the, I I don't, are you familiar with Finn? I think his name is Dave Krantz and he found a little striped cat right before Christmas. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You know, and he's, he's gotten a huge following just from Finn because, well, Finn Mm -hmm. and Mia, I want to add Mia because she was the cat that was already there and she was very sweet and acted like the mom to him and um, taught him the way. So that was really adorable, but it's like clearly Ripley has so much personality and she's just, she, aside from being photogenic, she's got all these crazy expressions and it's so fun to see how you can like create this personality her personality comes through your words and those photographs so i just have to say that exactly what you said i have i have diehard cat people lifelong cat people message me daily saying i've never seen expressions on a cat like that (laughs) like i'm used to cats having opinions i'm used to cats being naughty i'm not used to cats (laughs) does she what like what What's, what's going on, Dutchie? What? Somebody, they're not even there, is the thing. There's <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> so funny. Um, but there's, it is her expressions, and then I just, I, I spend half my life, you know, on my belly or in a squat, <laughs> in a hula squat, you know, like calling it a workout, waiting to catch her, yeah. doing something, because I don't pose her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have maybe once or twice, like I bought a podium with a flag on it. Yeah. And put it on. Those are my least favorite pictures. You know, they never turn out. So like, don't yeah. ever order a set for her because right. she'll just end up turning around and walking the other way. You have to literally wait for something to be her idea. Yes. That in the middle of that circle light that we all have to use for auditions that yeah. you put a, a pillowcase over so you don't have those rings, you know, on yes. you or in your eyes. when she placed herself in the middle of that tipped her nose up and waited to get the photo it's like it's as if she knows she really does have either understanding or you know an emotional life or a connection to us Mm -hmm. in a way that I have not seen in a cat 
Wow. I know. It's really fascinating. You know, we have to take a a quick break, but we're going to be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back. And then I just, you know, there's there's also, I, I want to be very clear about this because Ripley is the star, but uh, you are a huge part of it. And, and I say that because obviously you wrote the book, but your presence on Twitter is so important. Or I should say your presence on social media. Uh, I don't know what will happen with Twitter, but your presence is so calming and soothing to so many people and obviously I mean we all know we can all see it you have a very warm loving heart you have nothing but love to give and it's it's the response isn't surprising just because you and and I don't want you to think I'm kissing your ass because even though I do kiss people's ass on the show that I like it's not about kissing your ass it's it's literally about just observing what's happening and I mean occasionally it's funny because you had posted a picture of let's just call them handsome pants and mm-hmm. and I liked it. And you said something like, "Yes, I posted this because I knew you were gonna. It would find you." <laughs> and it sure enough did. And it's like you're you're you've got this thing. You've got this energy. You've got this loving way about you. And and so I think that's part of the story too. It's a combination of of you two, and then you throw in. Obviously, you've got your whole family. And the the from what we know and what we can see online your family is so beautiful and loving and sweet. And I think it's like the big picture, you know, I mean, even if somebody of course could get the book and not know about your family and still love it, but mm-hmm. knowing you guys and you know, following that you know, journey. I, I, that's so sweet of you to say, I appreciate it. I'm not as sweet. I think as people think, I think I'm more of a reciprocator. A lot of people are sweet, but I, what I do have is an ability to intuit when someone is in pain. Mm-hmm. And through that, I can reach out to them, and for some reason, they listen to me, mm-hmm. and I can they let me hold their hand for a minute, right. even just online. And I think in this modern society, when we've all moved away, like back in colonial times, I mean, we all used to live right with our mm-hmm. family and our community, and there was such support. Where most of us don't Mm -hmm. anymore. We're far-flung places and we we don't have the support that we need. And with mental health being such a focus, especially during this pandemic, I just felt it was something that I can do. You know, I can't always do what they they need, but I can be there for them. And that's all I try to do. Just say, I I hear you. And I remember my mom saying this, even like in school. She'd say, you know, people who who need um, help and emotionally many times if they feel forgotten, the nicest thing you can do is to say their name out loud. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, it's the UPS man. I was wrong. Dutchie. You're right. (laughs) 
well, uh, but yeah. I mean, I'm still good. I'm still going to say that qualifies as sweet. So you can argue all yeah, you want. Yeah, well, but, thank um, you. I appreciate it. But that's what. That, but it's I loving. Just, it's coming try, from a loving point of view. And I try yeah. to say, I hear you. And in fact, how I found my publisher came through a connection that I have with another author, Crystal Lawrence. And she had posted one day ago today that her mom died. Hmm. And she posted this beautiful picture of her and her mom. And she wrote this rather terse kind of like, I could tell it was a hurting thing saying, you know, I think I'm going to leave Twitter because I posted this picture and people that I thought were like my friends and community on Twitter, like maybe I've gotten like eight people, not that you want a host of likes, you're not looking for it, but you're looking for comfort. Yes. And she was ready to just turn around and, and, and leave and walk away. So I contacted her and I just said, you know, I, I think the, the care is there. I think people do care. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they know who you are because you're using a pseudonym name mm-hmm. on Twitter. And let's, let's tell them. So I just kind of took her, her tweet and added to it mm-hmm. and said, this is my friend. And she's hurting because her friend, her mom has passed. And she got an overwhelming response and love that day. Hmm. And it just helped her through that day. So it's ironic that that would come up today because it's the one-year anniversary. Yeah. I know she's having another hard day. Mm-hmm. It's just being mindful of other mm-hmm. people, what they're going through. Yeah. And through that, she came to me and said, I think you should meet my publisher. Interesting. And that's how it happens, you know? It's mm-hmm. like I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't mm-hmm. – I mean, I had an idea, but – those things can stay under your bed mm-hmm. in a notebook for decades. Yeah. You know, no kidding. So I just think living life and taking that step, but always in a, in a kind direction and trying to be there for people just opens up worlds too. It does. And I mean, what you're doing is you, you're putting out love. And I think when you put, I mean, I try, I try, I'm certainly not known for being sweet. Although I think I have, some sweet no, I think qualities. You are. I think you are. You you just you're a reciprocator like I think I'm a reciprocator. Whereas like you if people are sweet you're sweet. If people are assholes right. you can be too. Yeah, you know, like but you, who of us be can't be? Mouth. It's like who wants to be a doormat? Exactly. You know? Yes. No, I, I, yeah, I, I see what you mean, but you but then you've got this extra special thing going on where you have I don't know, you have a you have a way about you and maybe it's just, you know, maybe if there's the, the thing of past lives and, and soul experience, you've got a lot of soul experience or something because you've got the empathy and, and people just respond very favorably to it for obvious reasons. I mean, I think we all do. And that's why people love you because they know when they go to your feed, they're going to get a genuine loving person, even if not everything you're saying is loving. And I mean, I, I say that because we're in times right now that are so difficult and so many of perilous, us, yeah, perilous times. Yeah, they really are. It's, it's awful out there. It's terrible. And you know, my, for instance, this morning, I saw a tweet from Mark Elias that said, "We're losing democracy, and not enough people are paying attention." And he posted that I guess Sarah Huckabee 
has signed uh, signed into law that they can't wherever she's from. I don't remember what state they're from, but uh, mm-hmm. they have banned the ballot boxes. And so I see things like that. And I, you know, I mean, and that's probably the least of our worries when people are getting murdered in school all the time. And, you know, all these things are happening and we're all aware of it. And we need to find these bits of light, you know, these these places. Yeah. And, and But I thought that you know, the machines, the computer machines were the problem. Now it's the right. ballot box. <laughs> now it's the ballot box. Yes. Maybe uh, they could make up their minds about <laughs> they lied about it. Maybe they should get together and get their story straight. Because... Yes, but it's, it's like, it's scary because you think what is going to happen what is going to happen and i do what i can to to soothe myself and to Mm -hmm. you know use things like your book or whatever which by the way i did get your book and i want to just say the title because i said it at the beginning um but it's i wish i were an ocelot adventures of an essential kitten that's on amazon and i guess wherever (laughs) books are sold and also i want you to quickly because i want to ask you a little bit about your your other career but um Mm -hmm. you explain in the back of the book what happens on the last page okay there is a there's a beautiful picture first of all of ripley close up it's like her little snubby nose and flowers and first off i want to tell everybody listening be very careful with your spring flowers they can kill your cats lilies hyacinths tulips don't have them around your cats um it will kill them yes um after that there's a hyperlink, which is a QR code. I think all of us experienced this during the pandemic. You'd go to a restaurant, and instead of handing you a menu that a million people had touched, they would have like a hyperlink, mm-hmm. and you'd bring your phone, you'd open your camera, and you'd scan the code, and it would load the menu. Hmm. Well, we have on the last page of this book a hyperlink that loads a video uh, of the book, and then just artistically translated by our friend Dennis Weeks. I love him. He does fantastic videos. And it's Helena, my granddaughter, who say that she's in London. And she reads the book just, there was huge competition, but she won, Kimberly. <laughs> she won that one. <laughs> and she reads the book and it's just, it's, it's delightful. So sweet. It is. <laughs> charming times infinity. And I love that video. That and video for, is my favorite thing in the world. And and, and, it, and it like time capsules her forever yes. right there, which I love. Yes. I love the connection. That is so cute and sweet. And just FYI, if you're like me and you didn't know what to do with one of those QR codes, uh, codes is all you have to do is you just like you're going to take a photo. And then yeah, you, you open your phone yeah. and you bring out your, your camera as mm-hmm. if you were going to take a picture and settle it over that code. And then there should be like a gold little box that says scan, you know, like come mm-hmm. up and then push on it, click, touch it, and it will load. I have, I know people are tired of seeing that on, you know, my Twitter. <laughs> How many times I've said, <laughs> I should put it to song or something. I say it so much. But I have tutored people through it like here let me yeah. show you you know and there's right. you can either you can also google how do i scan yes. a qr code <laughs> if you're totally and they'll walk you through it yeah. it is not hard no. um it just felt like an extra gift to give when we're so focused on media and kids yeah. are forever on their devices and watching youtube we wanted to, to give them a little show and also if you can't read it we'll read it for you yes so. 
that That's was awesome. the, that was the goal there but i love it and thank you for bringing that up it's an important point yeah because it's really cute and uh, you know like i said i didn't know i'm like how do i scan this i don't ha- i don't know what to do but then it was just so easy so and then of, of course your adorable you granddaughter what? oh my god I know. Yeah. <laughs> she's so cute okay so now i want to ask you a little what's going on with your acting career um possibly close to nothing (laughs) nothing I mean I I could say some I mean aside from like writing things that I know I can you know take on myself which I think is the challenge I can absolutely write so why aren't I writing something so I just think the universe has laid down the challenge to me um which would be more interesting than anything I could absolutely read for I've come very close on some fantastic movies that are mm-hmm. out there that I that just didn't go my way yeah but what are you gonna do right you know you have to bow people who get them were nominated for Oscars wow. <laughs> I get it yeah. I get it but wow you know I would have loved to been in the whale thank you very much oh. did now did you see the whale did I see it yes yeah. loved it I, I want to I want to just quickly take this opportunity um I know Lindy West wrote an article about it and I don't know if you know who she is but I think she used to write for Jezebel but she's she's a fantastic writer she is overweight and she did not like the movie because she said that it she felt that it basically fell into all the stereotypes about fat people and Hmm. while I'm not fat and I and I don't want to try to tell her what she should think I had, you know, after I read her review, I still, I watched the movie and I I disagreed with her, even though I absolutely love her because this Uh movie was not just about a person who was fat. This, this was about a person who had mental issues and was extremely obese and it was killing him. It wasn't like, yeah, like just normal everyday person who's carrying extra weight and goes to work Mm -hmm. and does their thing. I mean, he couldn't leave the house really. He was like 600 pounds. So, and then there was a great deal of shame Mm -hmm. attached to to how he dealt with his life Mm -hmm. um cloistering himself away only interacting you know with his aide his nurses was the the sister i mean it was just it was i thought it was beautiful me too and there were moments when i was just kind of undone by it yeah i thought it was great and for brendan it's just such an incredible accomplishment yeah he and he's just obviously appears so grateful and I mean, watching that story along with The Whale. And for anybody who has not seen it, just FYI, a lot of the movie is kind of dark because he he lives in a dark home. And so it's just Mm -hmm. dark. Well, I mean, um, it takes an amazing performance to be able to pull off basically like one location. Yeah, it really does. Like The Breakfast Club and The Whale. They're very far apart things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of budget-wise that's that's what you're dealing with to direct something like that and keep it interesting you yeah. know amazing cast fantastic direction well it's yeah it's... that was that was it that was what i i had read for wow. for the samantha morton role of his ex-wife wow. and now who got the role samantha morton when i first got the audition my manager said casting loves you for this they think you would be great and they really want you know an actor's actor they are not looking for hollywood royalty yeah. or anything like that and then i found out that my tape had made it past beyond and you know in this in this time of thing you just send in your tapes you know everything is zoomy yeah. and you don't really know and just to know that it got down to the end and it did not go my way i was 
oh my god i wanted that role so badly yeah, but when you find you. out it's samantha morton what are you gonna do i love samantha morton <laughs> like wow. i love samantha morton yeah. however i will say someone who's been nominated for an oscar is pretty much hollywood royalty to exactly me. <laughs> i agree but with that yes i get i'll give it to him and i'm i'm happy to be guilty by association just for having been up for it do you know what i mean yeah so it's certainly quality stuff it's not like i don't have opportunities it's just there aren't a whole lot of them. well we all know it's especially just like it's, that it's especially like that and and i have that weird age thing know. you know i'm 57 i don't look 57 yeah and so i can read for it and because the internet the internet ruined everything because mm-hmm. everybody knows how old you are yeah, they won't bring you in mm-hmm. to be 40. They just won't. Mm-hmm. And yet, I can't play 57. Yeah. You know, if they bring me in for that, I, mean, I just don't get those president of the university type roles. I just yeah. don't. Well, that's the same. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Amanda Wiss, but uh, yes. She, yes, 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 yes. She yes. happened to surprise us, uh, not surprise, but kind of surprise her and Jody Hamilton you know, came to visit Bob and me over the uh, fall. And it was, it was, it was, yeah. Nice. They, in fact, it was so funny because I remember seeing those pictures. Yeah. But, but Bob and I were just figuring that they had something to do in DC and we're like, you know, why did, why'd you guys come? And they're like, because of you. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> so we just spent a day with yeah. them. But Amanda, you know, is obviously going to, I think she, you and her are about, I mean, we're all about the same age. Um, mm-hmm. But same thing, you know, I mean, she she wants there's certain kinds of roles that she would love to play and can play. But mm-hmm. as you know, that that whole group of actors that they're going to call in for those types of roles, it's so small. It's getting better. But that's what I wanted to ask well, it you. It's getting better. And there are roles for that mm-hmm. age group. Yes. But they're just going to the stars. You know, I mm-hmm. love Gene Smart. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that, but they're those get handed. They will always get theirs. Yeah, we're talking about working actress yes. land, which is where I made my living. Yeah, how I lived my life. Not a star, a working actor. Mm-hmm. That's really hard because the woman in the library or the fun friend that they will always make in their 30s mm-hmm. or 40s. Yeah. They just they just do, and that's a writer thing. That's a writer producer thing. How they see how they see a woman they want to look at is not this age. Mm-hmm. And that's very telling. It's very yeah. telling and humbling, you know? Yeah. Um, and nothing you can do except step up to that plate and take your swing and write something else. But, you know, I, I'm very particular, too. I mean, I was, I was lamenting to a writer, producer, you know, a friend of mine, you know about this like I no one will hire me mm-hmm. to carry a gun right I can't be a police chief I can't be a cop can't be a detective a private just no one will give me a gun mm-hmm. and she's <laughs> eating her meal and without scaring me she goes yeah but a <laughs> knife <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny but a knife especially, that I would give you and it would sell so, especially right. considering who you're married to <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and his that, constant that, knife thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, He's, He's so it's funny. never dull. I will say that. It's I would, I dull. would imagine. Now, let me ask you quickly about him because he was just on. Uh, was it, which Star Trek was he on? 
because I don't watch Picard, Star Trek Picard. 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 I don't, I'm not. I don't either. And I, I'm going to get reamed for saying that. I just don't. I, I don't. Just e- not I don't. Part of my background. I mean, Star Trek has been on for years. You have to understand. Yeah. I was raised by Baptist preacher missionaries. <laughs> Many years we didn't even watch TV. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So I just don't have. There are huge gaps in my education where shows and entertainment and music <laughs> are concerned. But I just had never really watched Star Trek. So we watched it and we don't often watch each other's stuff. It's mm-hmm. just really weird. It makes me weirded out to watch things I did. It's yeah. just like looking at an old yearbook. You know, here's yeah. me in the 10th grade. You know, we're listening <laughs> to, imagine this, listen to yourself on an answering machine 30 right. years ago. Yeah. Didn't you hate that when it would record your voice? That's the way I feel watching myself. Like, yeah, yeah I don't want to. <laughs> but for some reason, he just said, and I did I did note that it was it was out of character form. He goes, Do you want to watch the episode of Picard? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> we just sat there. Kimberly, we laughed. We were <laughs> high-fiving each other. We were like he's like stomping through every scene. It was hilarious. And he was so good. He was. Like, I watched him. Just, I watched him. He's so good. And it's just nice to, you know, I have like a deep respect for his talent. But to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. and go like wow that mm-hmm. was incredible that was fun yeah he was great and it, I just saw it too because <clears throat> Bob is a big fan he's always been a Star Trek fan and mm-hmm. uh, when Kirk posted those photographs I'm like oh my god you look and so you know he called me out I didn't watch the whole show but I did watch Kirk scenes and mm-hmm. he was fantastic but but you know what's so cool is Bob is going to be doing a show with Mary Trump and it's the oh. I don't know what they're going to call it, but it's 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 Star Trek and, and politics. So I don't know if it's oh, Star Trek hilarious. politics. Or, yeah. So they're going to I don't know. And I don't know exactly what they're going to do as far as are they going to tie it? I think they're just going to go with the politics in the show and kind of talk about that. But I don't know. But it should be interesting. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. he's just beside himself. I mean, can you imagine oh, Mary Trump? God, no, going, I cannot. <laughs> I would just be all over that shit. So I'm I'm nice. I'm happy for him too. Uh that I'm sure like it's going to be a really cool show. It's something that I will never be a part of because I'm not a, <laughs> although what's really funny is my mother was uh, she still is. She loves Star Trek and when I was growing up I didn't really like it. And I remember we had I had my own television and then we had the television in the living room and we had a roommate named Phyllis. So my mom and I were like avid Star Trek fanatics. And they, I came home from playing one day, and they had my television out in the living room with, with the regular television. And so one show, one TV had Star Trek on it, and another, they wanted to watch two things. And back then it was before <laughs> the VCR. Like, He's watching videos while watching something on TV. I'm like, could you pick like one or the other? They're like two screaming sports shows, you know? Exactly. And like they were trying to watch both of them. And even I think it was like in one of these little books that I made when I was eight for school, I, mm-hmm. I, and I still have it. And I think I even took a picture and posted it online and tagged him. But I wrote, you know, my mom is in love with Captain Kirk. And uh, so I, I, sh- I drew a picture of her or him or whatever. And I think I, I sent it to Shatner and he liked it or something, which was thrilling. But um, that was so funny. But and then and then the crazy thing was when we moved to California from Maryland, this was like 78, 77, 78. I, one of the first jobs that she got was answering William Shatner's uh, fan mail. 
And so Are I just think that's so crazy. And she she got Isn't to read that all that weird shit that people and people send it. They would send him all kinds of things. So she's like, you know, he's successful. He's got all this money and people are sending him shit. So I just thought that was funny to me. But um, well, I wrote a piece on my Twitter is like some thread about this, you know, diplomat yes. in Tokyo. And one of the incidents or one of the places we went that I remember is the Halloween party at Tokyo's some club where myself and my two friends went as sexy Vulcan <laughs> and we won and I had never seen the show, but you know, it was just like, it was the really cool makeup and pointed ears and yeah. scantily clad. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a picture of yourself from then? I don't. And that's oh, the man. one regret yeah. of the whole thing. Like, how do we not? Right. I'm sure someone somewhere does, Yeah. but it isn't, it isn't me. But and you don't that's have it. Bad. Yeah, I did a... So if, if you out there were in Tokyo <laughs> in the late 80s, uh, send me that photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you know what's funny? I have to tell fun. you. Decades later, I'm working, and there's an actress, and she used to model in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, oh, my God, what agency, blah, blah, blah. To get there. She goes, yeah. And out of the blue, she tells this story about being at a party where there was a, she liked to go out, but uh, there was so much focus on just, you know, the sexy, sexy, like mm -hmm. she went to a party and it was a costume contest and she was really cute. She went as Dorothy, but these three girls who were like just <laughs> hoeing it up as Vulcan <laughs> and I'm hanging my head. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Hi, that was me. Oh we my god, that so is hard. so funny. But you know what? The sexy the sexy thing, I mean that that's the thing we do when we're younger. I mean, when you got it, you should flaunt it, right? So we flaunted it. Please. We were like I was nineteen. Yeah. You know, it's like Yeah, exactly. Well, I, don't I was it. I and it wasn't my... that bad. I mean, it's not, you know, Kardashian level scandal exactly. anywhere. It was like a black swimming suit and black tights. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> And I did, I did the, I called myself the sexy Hellcat when I would, I, I don't know, I don't know, I just threw Helen, but uh, uh -huh. I would, I would, uh, you know, just dress up like a cat and, and a sexy outfit. Yeah. So not yeah. overly sexy. It was actually classy sexy. So you I know, hear you. It was, I hear you. It was fun. Yeah. And now I never do it because I'm, I'm going to be 55. So it's like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm past that. I don't need that shit anymore. So. Well, I can't drive 55. <laughs> and so, okay. The last thing is, well, I want to ask a couple more questions. Not the last, almost the last. I did want to ask about Scarlett because she went to school in England and I just want to know what's the deal with that is now, is she still going? Is this, was it a one-time thing and how, how did it well, go? It was a she program. Did? She took two programs back to back. Okay. They were specifically for her age because she was not 18. Mm. She kind of graduated. We started her school when she was four. Mm -hmm. So she graduated as a 17 year old. So that fall, every program said you had to be 18 oh, at RADA. So she had to do this specialized capsule courses, but they were, they were for a semester's credit mm -hmm. of Shakespeare and then modern tech. So she just went and took those just to get the experience and see if she wanted to. RADA does not have student housing. So you're sending a 17 year old over there to rent an apartment, which no one will rent to them. You know, there were just yeah. things, there were, there were issues for not doing that. So she did the programs, had a fantastic time, and we wanted to use it as a test too, like in another country mm -hmm. at a school, which is just the preeminent 
you know, hands down leader of all things classy acting. Yeah. Could, could she hold her own? Would she get attention? Would she be, you know, in the back row wishing she were somewhere else or mm-hmm. would she thrive? So we just kind of sent her over there and she, of course, to the top of her class and had a fantastic <laughs> experience. So she's back here and auditioning and, you know, coming perilously close to breaking into this career as a teenager. So well, we're... Wow. So proud of her, but it's really hard, you mm-hmm. know, to just start off. But I, I love that she has the 30 plus years of experience mm-hmm. from me. Same with Kirk, mm-hmm. her manager, same thing. So there's like a hundred years of experience that yeah. are in her kitchen cabinet wow. trying to help her, you know, and she, you know, she's, she's, she'll take this one step at a time. Yeah. And if she wants to go back to Rada, she can. But she's just not sure yet. She's wow. having fun auditioning and coming close on things. Does she study acting out anywhere else? Yes, she does. She's at a class. Very cool. She studies here as well. That's really cool. And I, I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna guess that we'll be seeing her on the screen sometime at some point. That's what I would. That's <laughs> my that's my guess too. No pressure, my yeah. darling. <laughs> Well, it's in the genes. She's got it. She's got it. So I think, yeah, we'll be seeing her. And then the other thing I just wanted to quickly ask you, um, as far as COVID, it's a kind of a two-part question, but I mean, COVID, I don't know where you guys are in the, I'm going to put my mask. I mean, I'm still in the, uh, I have, I'm going to wear my mask when I go to the grocery store, but things are coming up this year for me. Like for instance, I'm going to be a maid of honor in my sister's wedding and Mm -hmm. you know, my, my boyfriend's brother is going to be turning 50 and that's going to be so I'm going to be forced to go to places where there's larger amounts of people and I'm not going to be necessarily wearing my mask which is kind of freaking me out but um I'm I'm very solitary so I'm good at hiding from the world naturally that's like my natural thing so uh you know but it's like I mean how are you guys dealing with that are you wearing your mask and are you afraid to go out or how are you handling it we have, we, when did we wear our mask last when Kirk had LASIK done? Mm, okay. And we walk in and went, oh my God, we're supposed to bring a mask. And they <laughs> handed them to you. So we wore our masks there. I happily oblige when I, you know what? I just kind of follow their leader, mm-hmm. what people are doing. Um, I do think that so many people have had it and it's gone through so many strains. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels weaker. I know some people have had bad cases of it. Yeah. We had it ourselves, and we had been very careful. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's just hard when the world opened up again. But I think this is a the variants are I think a little weaker now. Yeah. And that I've had it once. I think I have some of those. Right. You know. So I don't know to tell you the truth. I don't wear my mask a lot, but I'm not around people a well, lot. What about like when you go grocery shopping or something? I know like when that. I go grocery shopping, I just stay away from people. <laughs> I'm not by them. Like if I don't I shop at weird times, I'm an out of work actor. I don't have to shop after everybody's, you know, yeah. after work time. Right. Interesting. You go, at, you go at nine in the morning, nobody's there. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So I, mean, I don't yeah. really deal with it. And then the rest of the time I, you know, I work out at home and mm-hmm. my cat doesn't have COVID. So I <laughs> and so what about with Scarlett when she goes to school? Does anyone mask up there? No, no, hmm. they don't. But they're all vaccinated too. Right. Like yeah. they have to show their vaccination cards to get in to mm-hmm. the programs. You have to show that you were vaccinated, and 
you know, it's been a, it's been an issue for some people who feel really strongly against it. There, there's a friend of hers who actually got vaccinated two times, but both time he had really violent reactions hmm. to the vaccine. Like not everybody is the same. Mm-hmm. So you should listen to your doctor. Yeah. Um, but that's why the rest of us should be vaccinated to protect you. You yes. know, but if you have a bad history of dealing with vaccinated, you should not, you know, don't yeah, do it. Exactly. And then the last thing I'm going to ask you is what do you guys do for fun? <laughs> We're big moviegoers. Okay. We cook. We cook a lot. We um, take a lot of pictures. We make <laughs> a lot of posts. We crack ourselves up. <laughs> like each other's biggest audience yeah. and fan it's Aww. it's a it's an insular singular you know life yeah but it's also you know kirk works out like a demon every yes. day so about four or five hours he's gone because he's got to drive there he'll either run the mountains or work out i more tend to stay home close mm-hmm. to home and do apps exercising apps or get on the bike or something like that and walk the dogs and occasionally I'll go with him, but it's not fun to train with Kirk. It's really <laughs> I can imagine he's very really serious not. about it. <laughs> yeah, that comes yeah. through. He's very serious. Which you we know had what? we had some words this morning. He sent me a an article on why keto isn't working for me, and I texted her back. Who said keto wasn't working for them? <laughs> Why are you sending this to me? Are, are you doing <laughs> keto? Answer me. You know, I tried it for a little bit, but the weirdest thing about keto, I find, is just the bad breath it gives you. That's what I've heard about. I've never done it, but I've heard no, that it I gives mean, you bad breath. I watched the Oscars, and I was like, that place does not smell good. <laughs> there are so many keto people. I just don't, I just, not. I don't know, I can't. Also, my dad died of a stroke. Oh. So I'm really mindful of having a diet for right. like bacon and cheese. Yeah, like I can't. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I, I just I, like I how can yeah. that I get you? You go into ketosis and your mm-hmm. body responds. But in terms of like my personal history and cholesterol, I'll do like a hybrid. Mm-hmm. I'll order some factor meals, but they're all the salmon or the chicken persuasion, mm-hmm. and I don't really eat all the cheese. And then I just try to do all things in moderation it's really hard though because it's like i go i don't know if i go to the movies to see a movie or to have popcorn (laughs) well you know Mm. i will say uh, my girlfriend lost last year she i think she lost about 75 pounds and she wants she wants to get in and has gotten into weight training and then like you know competing and all of that stuff and she i guess she used like the competing as as a motivation and she hired a, a trainer and so she's doing the whole thing with macros watching her macros and getting the right amount of protein and carbs and of course it's got to be a certain kind of good carbs but carbs and and fat and so i think you know what it's like i've never done the keto but the bad breath thing is definitely something that would stop me from it and then i just it's so restrictive and then on top of it i'm allergic to dairy if I eat dairy, mm-hmm. I get um, cystic acne, and it's really nasty. Oh, goodness. So yeah, there's so no are, fucking you're way. Not a, you're not really a candidate for that. No. So I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. But um, I, I think it's like what you just said. If you just take do everything in moderation and you're kind of smart about it and you don't pick out. I, I've been incorporating... Uh, weightlifting, but really mild. Just, you know, it's not an app, but I find people on YouTube and then 
I've been doing, you know, at home strength yeah. training and stuff like that. So, and it's made I a agree. difference. Yeah. It feels you, good. You have to just focus. The thing of when I'm, when I'm gaining weight, I absolutely know mm-hmm. I'm eating more and I never did. I was an ex gymnast. I was very, very rigorous. I, yeah. I lived like a monk, <laughs> which I didn't realize, but I, you know, Sure, I like the way I looked, but I had been hungry for about three decades. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us are hungry. And just like I was hungry, and why can't I just don't know why holding to this, oh, the way I looked when I was 20 should be the ideal when you're in your 50s. I think it makes your face look far more drawn. I think the Catherine Deneuve quote stands your face or your ass at a certain point um and i think women are better a little heavier mm-hmm. when they reach a certain age yeah no i agree even though i fucking hate it and um it's so i mean i you know i've battled and battled and battled my whole life but i'm on this like personal journey now which by the way people i talk about it on my per on my uh patrons only show i talk about mm-hmm. all that stuff but like what i'm trying to do in this journey outside of like intentional manifesting and stuff like that is just to to be a happy individual on this planet and you mm-hmm. know despite all the crap that we're going through just trying to find that happy medium and accepting myself because as you know when I was younger I certainly didn't have your figure which is what I would have killed for um but you know I mean I was slender and I looked really fucking good and of of course Mm -hmm. at the time I knew that I would get older and think I'm you know I complain about myself all the time but when I get Mm -hmm. older I'm gonna say boy I was stupid so I'm at the I'm at the position now where I can say boy I was stupid but I knew it then I knew mm-hmm. it then, but, but right now what I've traded for that youth, it's so much more fulfilling. It really truly is. It's so much more fulfilling and I don't care as much, even though I still care, I'm still vain. I don't have the same attachment to the way my body looks that I did when I was younger because I would starve myself to the point where, and I was also stupid cause I was a smoker, which I've quit smoking, but I would not eat enough and I would smoke and then I, it would be like physically I would hurt my knee my heart is like pounding like a hummingbird yeah and my knees would hurt and my joints would ache and um it was when I wanted to lose weight I would push myself so hard and I would literally I mean I wouldn't not eat anything I would eat but I would eat like the bare minimum just to Mm -hmm. stay alive really and I I didn't have the kind of body like you did it was just I'm just a bigger person so as thin as I could be it was never enough and it was so hard and living in that town and pursuing an acting career I certainly I just didn't really have what it took mentally to handle the stress of the fact that my body was different and it wasn't like American TV too I mean you can watch a lot of that's Ripley on her wheel Sorry, um, uh, English TV isn't like that. English movies aren't like that. Their people get to be, you know, yeah, normal people. Where every woman on American TV that is like in a lead role, there has to be has to be able to like star in a hot for teacher video. You know, almost everybody. And it's like, why do they have to be models? I know. That's not an actress. Why do you have to like look like a model? I don't understand. Yeah. And I'll just end it on. I don't. Are you guys watching The Last of Us? Yes, I did. I okay. watched the whole thing. I don't remember the little girl's name. She's not a little girl, but she was, the you know. Bella Ramsey. Okay. Bella Ramsey. She was told by somebody that, and they said this in air quotes, you're not the Hollywood type. And that makes mm-hmm. me so angry because it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. I mean, it's like you said. 
actors are just representing everyday people, not models. <laughs> I mean, well, they can. Not supposed to. Yeah, know? I mean, if it's and if it's yet. a role for a model or, or about a model, that's one thing. But if you're just a mom or a friend or you know a businesswoman or, or a whatever. grown up Tinkerbell, yeah. <laughs> come on, where are those jobs? <laughs> you're so adorable all right so i'm gonna let you go but before okay. i do you have to tell everybody where to find you and where to find the book oh my goodness thank you so much i am kirsten warren k-i-e-r kirsten warren on twitter and then on instagram i'm the real kirsten warren and you can find ripley's book on amazon awesome. and it's i wish i were an ocelot and thank you so much for letting me come of course. And tell you all about it. Of course. And please show up at my door anytime. <laughs> one day, just That'll one day, fun. you'll I'll see. Look forward we to will. It. We Thank will you. be there. Um, and then, of course, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Oh, now you're on Spoutable too, but you haven't really started spouting yet, right? No, I, I did a little bit about Ripley's book. I came over. Um, same with like TikTok. You know, yeah. I just started, but I've right. just done like first posts on both Spoutable and TikTok and. And got kind of overwhelmed with social media because it, you know, I yeah. have, I have, I wear about fifteen hats over here. I so. know. Well, it's it is overwhelming, but I just want to say this really quick. I'm not going to bug him, but I would urge, <laughs> I would urge Kirk, because uh, I did tell him about it. He's like, I don't know if I can fucking deal with setting up a whole new account. I totally get it, but I would urge mm -hmm. him to go set up the account right now because he can under account settings you can do that rapid verification and he can get verified right away. And yeah. I mean, I could always tell Christopher Boozy, hey, Kirk is over there. So there's no rush, mm -hmm. but he could just secure his spot, get verified. Because yeah. once that yeah, check, yeah. that blue leg, that blue check mark goes away. Well, it's very important. It. And I think that I, I mean, I definitely will be over there more and more. I only stayed on Twitter to help promote Ripley's book. And then here comes Elon. So I like know. Elon hates Ripley. You know, it's like <laughs> I know. the way I feel like this was like waged war. Here we are four weeks after we dropped the book and I still have people going, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And then, here, and then here's me going, please make sure to click on the hyperlink <laughs> <laughs> for the thousandth time. But it's well, what it is, yo. Sorry. Yes, it is. But yeah, tell Kirk, hey, he should just at least put his name because he might change his mind later. When I will. Oh my I God, will. I, I can't stand him. Elon. But anyway, and then, okay, so going back to the close of the show, you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly Spottable, my name Kimberly Johnson, L-E-Y, and then my books are on Amazon. Big hug to you. Say hello to Kirk, mm -hmm. hi to Scarlet, thank kisses you. to all your animals, and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you.